0: Would you all stand with me for just a moment, please? Most of you know that this is Pastor Appreciation Month. We've only been here a short time, but the, we visited several churches before we came here, and the Lord uh, spoke to me very clearly. I didn't hear an audible voice, but in my in my knower, he spoke to me, and he said, you're to put yourself under Pastor Carol. And so I'm here uh, just to hear uh, uh, from our from our pastor, and pastor, would you and your wife come and and sit in front? And as they come, would you give them applause? Show them how much you, you appreciate them. Uh, and Miss Carol, would you come up up here for a second? Debbie, would you get our gift for her? We have something for you just to start out with. Now, there's more coming. But uh, don't you appreciate her, folks? My goodness, what a blessing. And, and so we just wanted to uh, bless you with the roses. Praise God. All right. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, we love you so much. And uh, your presence in this church is felt deeply. Thank you. Praise. Give her a round of applause as she goes. Hallelujah, praise God! All right, I'd like you to walk about twenty feet and hug somebody's neck you usually don't hug, and we'll get started. <laughs> there's there's one of these that I do where I have everybody get their driver's license and show everybody, but we may have felons, so we yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. Okay. I appreciate you coming. Yeah. Oh, God bless you, sweetheart. I bless you. Man, you look like a million bucks. Praise God. Thank you. Thank God. you God bless you, brother. I, I appreciate that very much. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, you may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, now, we've had a lot of questions this evening about who that is back there. That's Bo. <laughs> Doesn't he look nice? I'm yeah. telling you. he looks. Uh, and Pastor, the reason we wore suits is to honor you tonight. And that's... Uh, Uh, We appreciate you so much. In 1985, Debbie and I found Eagle Mountain International Church, and uh, there's only 22 of us in the church then. And so we were raised up there. I got saved April 12, 1978, but didn't do anything with it. And so uh, we started serving there, and the church, God blessed it, and it grew to over 3,000 adults, in just a few years. And so Debbie and I were privileged to be there through all that. And uh, you know what uh, Brother Copeland says an expert is? An X is a has-been it a spurts a small drip. <laughs> so no, I, I'm not an expert. And anything that I've ever done well, it's been because of God and the Holy Ghost. And I mean that. I'm not trying to sound, if you did something it turned out right, guess what? That was God, wasn't it? Hallelujah. Well, I'll tell you a short story about me, and then we'll get on with tonight's. And so I played guitar for Brother Copeland for seven years on the road. And our first trip to Australia, uh, I was already had been asked to come onto the church staff. So I was uh, privileged. Uh, they gave me an office in the executive wing. And so you have all these corner offices, and I had a director's office. And then outside of them, uh, you'll understand why I'm explaining this, Outside of them, we had the, the secretaries, and I had a secretary uh, who was a really an office manager, and then I had six others that uh, worked for me. And so uh, I'm going overseas, and I want to bring them back a small gift, you know, just uh, my first time there. So I went, and uh, on a day off, I found these uh, little uh, coin purses made out of uh, kangaroo skin. And so I'm just excited. I'm going to get home and give them out. I gave one to my wife and uh, one to my little boy. Cole was little then. And uh, and so uh, I get to work and I'm handing them out and they're just so appreciative and, and things. Now to let you know a little bit about my character, I'm pretty modest. Uh, I just I just leave it there. And so all of a sudden I hear I'm in my I'm in my office and everybody's got their little gift. And uh, I hear giggling, and then I hear out-and-out laughter, and then it sounds like a riot. My wife had called my office manager, Myrna, and told her about the little coin purse. They were made out of kangaroo private parts. That's, That's a true story, and as the Lord is my witness, I did not know Uh, so I didn't come out of my office for a while. I was... But it was written on the back. I never turned them, turned them over. So anyway, how many of you brought your Bibles with you? Would you wave them at me, please? Now, we're, we're privileged and honored to have a system where it's up here. And uh, that's good. I'm going to probably read off that too some. But it's important to have your Bibles with you. And I'm going to minister this evening on a uh, message that you hardly ever hear preached and the reason it is it's it's entitled seven ways to properly relate to your pastor now most uh pastor carol's a very uh humble man he'd never get up and say this is the way you should treat me he'd never do that most pastors wouldn't so i have been asked uh, not by him he didn 't know what I was going to preach on did you pastor he just he gave me uh, freedom, and so we have been planning as you can you can tell to do this for you but as uh, just think about buying a new car and never reading the brochure and now, with all the electronics and stuff, uh, you could actually by not knowing how to use the car, you could mistreat it. And get yourself in danger and the mess up the car, couldn't you? The same thing is true with a man of God. Knowing the biblical. Everybody say bub- biblical. Now, this isn't uh, this an opinion. You, we're going to give scripture for everything I'm going to say. Now, elbow your neighbor and say, did you wear your big boy pants? Okay. Now, listen, uh, you know, it's important as you mature as a Christian to where you will not get offended. Now, I can get my feelings hurt a little bit, but I won't let it go so far as to get offended. And so it's important. Now, uh, the reason I'm teaching this, since I've been here, I have not seen one person dishonor our pastors. So it's not being taught because I sensed something or or anything was misdone. It's just good to know. Now, those that are tithers here, you still like to know the benefits of tithing, don't you? Well, this is a benefit on treating a pastor right. And so I want to encourage you to listen with your heart. And uh, I know I've given both the scriptures. So before we start, stretch your hands out towards me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to help me with this. I ask you to help me say the right thing, to, uh, to emphasize what is right, Lord, that the oracles of God flow freely from me to their ears. Father, now I ask that you give them ears that hear. And, Father, we know that you're here. We know you showed up. I thank you for the wonderful praise and worship. You're so good to us, Lord God. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. All right, if you will open your Bibles with me uh, to Ephesians 4, 8. Now, there's seven points to this, and I'm going to go rapidly on some so we can get through it all tonight. Okay, the, enti- the title is Seven Ways to Properly Relate to Your Pastor. And number one is how to relate to your pastor uh, as a gift. Everybody say gift. How to relate to him? Turn to Ephesians 4.8. The Bible says, Wherefore Jesus saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now turn over to uh, the next uh, verse after that, 4.11. Ephesians 4.11. And he Jesus gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, who gave us these gifts? Everybody say Jesus. Now, these are not trick questions, folks, so you can speak right up. All right. Uh, To whom did he give them? Everybody say to me. All right. Say this after me, please. Say Pastor Carroll and his family are a gift from God to me. He's a gift. Okay, now let's uh, turn over to Ephesians 12. Now, why did, did we get these gifts? Why did Jesus give them to us? It says, for the perfecting of the saints. Now, has anybody arrived? I haven't. I need to keep getting better. The word perfecting there means mature. I need to keep growing. And uh, one of the ways you do that, and it's necessary, is to sit under a pastor. And those that say, well, I'm going to sit at home on my couch. I don't need a pastor. They're not as mature as you are. Do you know if you go to serve in a church and you're there for longer than six months, you're doing great because you've already overcome an offense. Come somebody and say amen. amen. How many know what I'm talking about? You're growing. If somebody has said something or done something and you just said, all right, Lord, I'm doing this for you. I'm not going to punch them. <laughs> I'm going to love on them. And we're just going to keep on going. So in order to mature and be uh, perfected, you receive your pastor as a gift. Say, Pastor Carol, is a gift. See, it helps your mind uh, when you look at it through the scripture the way it is here. Now, it says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You know, some of you have a wonderful jobs and good bosses, but not everybody has a boss when you come in in the morning will say, Hey, God bless you. It's good to see you. Amen? We got a pastor that does that. God bless you. How you doing? And uh, that's good for us. I don't know about you, but I like that. I like somebody that is kind. Say kind. And so if you don't get it at work, and some people, listen folks, some people don't get it uh, at their home. Bless their hearts. And so we come here to be edified, to be built up by pastor and his family. Praise be unto God. Uh, I want to just say thank you to all the phone calls and and with everybody coming. Uh, It's a blessing. And... uh, those that I'm not preaching this for those that aren't here. <laughs> Amen. Okay. That'll hit you in about two minutes. You'll get. All right. Now, from whom did apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers come? Everybody say from God. From God. Who gave them to us? Say Jesus. To whom did he give these gifts? Say the church. All right. So our pastor, he's in, is a gift from God, to the church. My father, he's in heaven now, uh, gave me uh, some money right before he passed uh, to get a guitar, and so I got a Gibson Les Paul, and it's a hundred year anniversary, and it's a, a beautiful um, uh, sunburst, uh, uh, tobacco burst, in between, kind of a honey burst color. And it it is a gift, and you know, I've got it in the corner of my office, and it's shined up, it's in tune, and uh, so there's a way that you treat a gift that's way different than something uh, that you earned or something that uh, came another way. So as a gift, when you receive your pastor as a gift and his family and his wife, your attitude towards them will change. It'll, it'll help make some adjustments. And I can sense uh, there are already being adjustments made, made here. Like I said, everybody here uh, that I've seen has treated pastor and his wife with respect. Okay, so this is not being taught uh, because I've sensed anything. It's because of a pastor appreciation. Night, So that's why we're doing this. And I was led of the Lord to do it also. Okay, now number two, to know them. Number two, how to relate to your pastor. How do you know your pastor? Okay, look at 1 Thessalonians 5.12. It says, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord uh, and admonish you. Now, here we go. This is the big boy pants part, part of it. Admonish you. Admonish you. You know, in Proverbs 3.11, uh, it says that uh, correction is a way of life, or it denotes that. Everybody say, I love correction. correction. Do you know that's the only way you grow? Dad Hagen says, you know all you know. (laughs) You need to know more what somebody else knows. Now, does it always feel good? Do you always like it? No. No. But I'm telling you, when you receive correction, now, the way pastor will correct most of the time, he's preaching and the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit and it speaks to your conscience, your mind, and uh, even it can be so strong that even a godly sorrow, and you haven't said anything but the word, well, what you do is you say in your heart, I received that, pastor, I'm going to adjust. If it's in the word, we're going to change, aren't we? And so that's, that's a way that you honor your pastor, you allow him uh, uh, those words that he speaks, uh, they're like containers, brother and sister. Every word that comes out of his mouth, it'll blow stuff off of you that shouldn't be there and add to you the things that you should have. Isn't that good news? Right? Now listen, I've already been uh, uh, dealt with since I've been here about some things in my life, not huge, but I've uh, I've received them as pastor and allowed him to speak into my heart and I've had to make some adjustments. Do you know anybody here, a pilot? I'm not, but uh, I've been around pilots a whole bunch with uh, Brother Copeland and those. A vector is a small adjustment. If you were going from New York to California, your plane gets little vectors, so they change. You know, if they didn't get that, they'd be a 1,000 miles off by the time they got there. So they get calls to go down, go up, turn. And so by the time they get to California, uh, they don't have to make a huge turn and knock everybody around. They can just make a slight adjustment, and they're right there. As you listen to the Word of God, as you allow your pastor to speak into your life, you're not going to have to make a huge correction. You just make little vectors. Say, all right, Lord, I received that. Isn't that good news? Now, uh, I've uh, messed up before, and had I got to the... Where I thought I'd be, and I was in the wrong place. (laughs) I had to make a big adjustment. Anybody else? Come on, I'm not the only one. Uh, So as he preaches, you examine yourself with the word of God. And uh, we're all going to end up in the right place. Amen? Praise God. Now, let's see. Admonish. Let me tell you some other things. It means of instruction. It means of warning. Well, Pastor, that's kind of strong. I'm a grown man. I don't need anybody to warn me. <clears throat> if Pastor sees me running off a cliff at 100 miles an hour, sir, please call me. <laughs> Amen? That's what the, This is Scripture, you guys. It's not something that I made up. And so he has a right to speak into my life. And say, Pastor Stan, you shouldn't be over there, and that's wrong. Does he have that right to speak into your life like that? It says a warning. That's what admonish means. So he has that place. I know this is pretty strong, but you said you wore your big boy pants. Amen? So we're, y'all are doing fine. It gets stronger. <laughs> so I know you guys. Elbow your neighbor say, you can take it. All right. <laughs> All right, and it says, it says, of warning, to correct, to train by an act. Now, those are uh, out of the W.E. Vine Expository Dictionary. Now, how do you know someone? By going out to dinner with them? Well, not really, even though that's a privilege and an honor to do that. But you know somebody by studying them. You watch pastor, how he treats his wife, how he treats his grand. Daughters, how he treats his son and, it's, and his daughter. It's so important that you know him by watching him. Now, uh, Brother Copeland is notorious for not having meetings or walking out after the first 10 minutes. He just doesn't like to do that. So in order to know how to do something, you've got to listen to him. You've got to listen to what he's preaching. And so I became pretty good at this and was able to make adjustments and, uh, and talk about the home groups, the things. He just mentioned uh, it would be good to have those. And then with eventually I wonder uh, what home groups, what does he want? Does he want more teaching? And so by studying, asking questions here and there, he didn't want that. Now I'm talking about his home groups. He wanted just fellowship. And, uh, but I had to know him to know that. And I did that not by going out to eat with him, but by studying him. And watching him. So it says to know them. We do that with our pastor and his family. Amen. Praise God. Now. I got to look at you all doing okay. All right. All right. Number uh, number three. Esteem them very highly in love. Let me say this. <coughs> there may be somebody sitting here. I don't think there is. That's thanking. Well, he's not my God. I'm not going to follow him. You're not following God if you're not following your pastor. Is this okay, pastor? I know it's pretty strong, but it's the truth, isn't it? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, uh, if I didn't love people, I wouldn't preach something like this. I'd preach something have you all jump in the pews. Okay? Uh, So, uh, this is important. These type of messages uh, grow a church, and uh, because when somebody comes in and everybody is like-minded and and uh, supporting one another and loving one another, which you all do, and I believe after tonight it's going to grow stronger and stronger. This type of teaching gets rid of division. Proverbs talks about. Uh, Seven things God hates. And the last one is those that cause division among the brethren. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit. Say, I have a heart for Pastor Carol. All right, number three, esteem them very highly in love. 1 Thessalonians 5.13. And to esteem them very highly in love for their works' sake. Praise God. For the work's sake, now look at this last part, and be at peace among yourselves. You know, a church that is peace, uh, has peace and love throughout it are churches that esteem their pastor, their leadership highly in love. Everybody say in love. Now, you don't do it in an arrogant manner or, or a conceited manner, but you do it in love. You esteem pastor and his wife. You know, I could sense it when I came in the church the first time. So could my wife. Very, very sensitive to that type of thing. One of the things I did for Brother Copeland my last three years is he has 600 churches under him, and he would fly me out to take care of demonic situations in other churches. Very serious things, and I would do that uh, two or three times a month. And if I name some of the churches, you, you see them on television all the time. Uh, And some of the pastors, you see them all the time. So walking into a church, you can sense things, can't you? Well, have you ever walked into a home where they just had an argument before you got there? (laughs) You can feel it, can't you? Well, the love in this church uh, is tangible. And so uh, I commend you on that. And it, it starts, of course, with your pastors and the love that they show. Do you know God loves you? Now, you know, if you know that, you know he loves you so much, he wants to make you prosperous. Amen. He loves you so much, he wants you well. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, i got some good amens there, Pastor. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful job you've done, sir. All right. And to be at peace among yourselves. Uh, some people don't want to hear a message like this because it places responsibility on them. And uh, I just wrote here pastor carol is approachable amen he's not up in some tower where you got to get five permission slips and then be escorted up with a guard there's churches like that now my ministers that i got here that are being trained up let me tell you something there are two schools of thought here there are those that believe that you need to be sequestered alone before you preach because you don't want anything pulling the anointing. Uh, Brother Copeland's that way. I, I'm i not. Pastor Carol isn't. Sheep uh, need to have their shepherd around, their under-shepherd. And so I do, uh, when I, the churches that I pastor, I've been just like Pastor Carol. I walk around and greet everybody. And so I am so glad to see that, uh, to be around him and watch him. You know, and it's genuine when, I, when he watches and listens. And, and uh, he's asked me questions about things that I just barely mentioned. I thought, man, he must have been listening to every word I said. And what a blessing that is. Amen? So pastor is approachable. Uh, say that with me. Say, pastor is approachable. Because sometimes a strong message like this, people kind of, oh, my goodness. Well, uh, a pastor, a shepherd, should smell like their sheep. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, you esteem your pastor very highly in love, not in pride, not in an arrogant way, not bowing down to him like he's God. You esteem him very highly in love. Now, why do we do that? Listen to this. Why do we esteem him? Because he's good looking? Well, I don't know. I'm sure you think. He is <laughs> uh, yes, uh because you like the uh, the clothes he wears, no, because you like the way he combs his hair. No, you always look neat, pastor, but that's not why I esteem you very highly, because you like his truck, well, I do like his truck, but that's not for his work's sake. You honor him because of the office he holds and the work that he does. Now, this is important because if you do it because of his personality, he's got a great personality, but what if one day he's focused on something else and and doesn't greet you the way you think you should because he's got something else to take care of? Uh, See, and so if your esteem for him is based on that, it'll fluctuate. But if it's based on the office God put it in, you'll be steady as she goes. Amen? Praise God. All right. You esteem the pastor highly in the office that he's in because uh, uh, of what God did. Everybody say, he's a gift to me. All right. Now, how do we esteem pastor... Very highly in love. Now, this is, here we're going to take it up a notch. You ready? Boy, I didn't get even a reaction out of that. (laughs) All right. Uh, Being polite and respectful. That's a start. Being polite and respectful. And to his family. And to his family. Praise God. Now, uh, how we refer. To him and how we defer to pastor now I don't even like to say this part but if I came in and patted him on the back too hard and I said hey buddy no no and i tell you why not only does that sound and make you have a but at 3.30 in the morning if I have a young child with a 105 fever I don't need an old buddy, I don't need a pal, I need a man, I need a woman of God to pray and to receive them as the man of God. Now remember Jesus when he was in his own hometown? I started to preach, I'm going to get back over here soon. When Jesus was in his own hometown, it says he could do no mighty works there or miracles. Well, the reason is not because Jesus didn't want to. Jesus wanted everybody well, but because they were too familiar. Uh, And it was like, well, that's old Mary's son. I used to watch him walk around here in his, uh, you know, baby clothes. And, uh, oh, I know his daddy. So it's not, listen to this carefully now, it's not being too friendly. You can be as friendly as you want. It's, not be, it's an attitude, an attitude, and it's a wrong attitude. I, uh, even We were out the other day and had a wonderful time. I had a great time, and, uh, but there is a certain respect that should always be watched because uh, I don't have, plan on having anything bad happen to me or my family, uh, and I may want to call them up just to bless something. Well, for it to work and me to receive it in my heart, that respect has to be there. Now, I'm going to talk to you about something that is uh, uh, incorrectly taught in a lot of churches. You've heard the term familiar spirit. You ever heard that? Well, it is not being too familiar as far as friends, as close as the Lord lets you get the pastor. That's a good thing. And we've become friends, and I hope to get even closer with him. But it's that attitude, that slap on the back. Oh, that, oh, I'm not going to say it disrespectful. I'm. Uh, but just say if I called him David and didn't say pastor, okay? And, and uh, uh, you know, you can let things slip. He's so personable in his wife that you can just start letting that slip and overlook the office. I'm not going to do it. I need that in my life. Do you all need that? Now, it has nothing to do with being friends. You can get as friendly, and uh, what, a, what a wonderful couple. We've had them over to eat, and what a joy, you know. But even his wife, wonderful lady, sweet and kind. But uh, there may be times when I want them to hold hands in agreement and pray over my family. Well, I've got to see her as the woman of God. Amen? So, the familiar spirit that you hear is uh, an attitude and not a degree of friendliness. Does everybody get that? Okay, I believe you do. Praise. That's the easiest I've ever gone through that, Pastor. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. All right, y'all are elbow your neighbors, say you're doing good. All right. You know, probably the best way that you can esteem your pastor is with your mouth. What are you saying about him? Is he safe when he's not in your presence? Amen? You know, there's two parts to gossip. There's the part of speaking it, and there's the part of listening. Once you know that it's wrong and it's gossip and you're still listening... You're just as culpable as the person speaking. And by the way, if you read the scriptures, it was gossip that put Jesus. Gossip and envy that put him on the cross. It's deadly. So uh, let me show you uh, how to treat somebody. Stand up here, brother. Come on up front here. Boy, oh, you look nice. Praise God. Now, let's pretend He's saying something derogatory about pastor. Just go blah, blah, blah. You don't have to say anything. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> hey, 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 I, I heard what you're saying, and uh, that's pray over him. That'll stop it every time. Every time. And my family's seen me do this. Too. Thank you. Give him my hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. But don't listen to any of that trash. Amen? Really important, folks. And I I got a good group here tonight, Pastor. You've done such a good, good job with them. Now, First uh, Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders that rule rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Uh, Dake's Bible says double honor or wages. Everybody say money. Now, you notice how the volume went down? (laughs) Say money. Money. Now, uh, the pastor's never complained to me, not once. I said you all are so generous, and we talked about the building on and the additions and all. So this does not come from him. But how many of you see that he's a more than good teacher? Do you see that? And preacher. Okay. Uh, Listen, I, I I don't consider myself in that group, but I've been around some pretty tall cotton when it comes to preaching and teaching. And uh, Pastor Carroll's right there, Amen. My wife and I on the way home after every service, I said, "Did you see the scriptures that he used?" and uh, and things. So y'all are blessed. I said, "Y'all are blessed." Praise God. Okay, let me see. I'm skipping a lot of this because we have other things we want to get to. All right, number four, pray for him or pray uh, for us. 2 Thessalonians 3.1 says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. There's a right way to pray for your pastors, and I'm going to briefly uh, go over this. Uh, what you do is you say dear father in heaven we thank you that our pastor is blessed walking in divine health prosperous and has wisdom from the lord father we thank you for divine protection for pastor carol and his family and uh thank god the word has free course in the pastor's life now The more you pray for him, the more sensitive you'll be to the church and the church's needs. Uh, I used to pray for Pastor George, uh, the son-in-law, Brother Copeland, and I worked directly for him. I was a senior associate pastor over the adults. And I prayed for him so much, and I had a class called Overcomers on Friday nights. He'd preach on uh, Sunday morning, and I had to stop the people that worked for me from going up to him and saying, Do you know Pastor Stan used the exact same scriptures? Well, it's because I prayed for him and prayed over him, and these things would come to me. So you'll become more sensitive to the church, the church's needs, uh, the more you correctly pray for Pastor and his family. Amen? Now let me show you an incorrect way to uh, pray. Um, Let me see here. Never pray a prayer with a negative innuendo. Now, this is an example on how not to pray. Don't pray this way. Lord, help pastors' marriage. That borders on witchcraft. I don't have time to teach on that, but uh, you're assuming, and anybody that would hear that would assume something's wrong. Don't pray like that. Father, thank you. Pastor has a blessed marriage that's getting better and better and what an example he is to the young couples and to all of us here. That's how you pray. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Now, let me see. In our uh, Malachi three ten, uh, it says God said, "Well, let me let me back up. Uh, I'm sorry, brother. I skipped one. Uh, pray for pastor." that he would be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men. That's 1 Thessalonians 3.2. Uh, he has to deal with vendors. He has to deal with all sorts of people throughout the day. And I believe that everybody he calls, he doesn't have to call back You get through every time to the right person. And every time he does anything, that he has the favor of God. Amen? Praise be unto God. Now, uh, and then Malachi 3.10, God said that you pay your tithe that there should be meat in his house. Uh, What is meat? Uh, It's not the lights, it's not the pews, no, it's the word. And who brings the word most of the time? It's pastor. So when you pay your tithe, uh, tithe your tithe, and you pray for him correctly, There'll be no shortage of blessings here. Amen. That's a huge part of it. Now, uh, next, uh, number five, share all good things. All right. This is the part we're coming to. (laughs) Let me uh, read a story to you. And this is, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not judging you. Say, I'm looking at my own heart. All right. So uh, John chapter 12, verse 3 says, Then took Mary a pound of ointment, a spickner, very costly, uh, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of the disciples, Uh, Judas Iscariot, uh, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence? That's between $18,000 and $20,000 a laborer's uh, uh, yearly wage ointment for 300 pence and given to the poor. Verse 6, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. So someone that would come up and say, oh, why are you buying him a new suit? That money could have been given to the poor. Do you know what kind of spirit that is? Judas, a backstabbing, traitorous spirit. Now, that's as strong as I'm going to get, Pastor, but it's the truth. When you see a man or a woman getting blessed, your heart should be very glad and very thankful. Amen? And uh, listen to this, folks. Uh, I, for years and decades and decades, I received the offering uh, for Sunday morning and Wednesday night. I've got bookloads of, and let me tell you this it doesn't matter what you have. It matters how you got it. And I guarantee when you see pastor driving around and the nicer and nicer cars and, and being blessed, he didn't rob one poor widow to get it. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. So as I continue on, you realize when you see somebody get blessed, you kind of withdraw from it. What kind of spirit is it? Judas. And it's important that we know that we realize this. Now, there's something else you need to check your heart about. Is where is your choking point for blessing? Now, I know if Pastor uh, came, you know, uh, and drove in with a new Ford uh, pickup, y'all would go praise God. But what if he pulls up in a two hundred thousand dollar Bentley? Now, be honest. Be honest with yourself. I'm just throwing that out there, folks. So you judge yourself. You judge your own heart. Now, <clears throat> it I'm going to teach on this for just a second. Another thing that counts as far as blessing is, you know, you can have 20 motorcycles out in your front lawn that belong to you that uh, if God says, now, you need to ship off 19 of them tomorrow. And you go, okay, Lord. Do you know that? How can you ship them off unless you own them? Amen? I had, uh, this is a long story. I'll cut to the end of the story. I was given uh, two Les Pauls. One was worth uh, $4,500. The other was worth more than that. And uh, one guy flew down from Michigan and came to my door, and he gave me a brand-new gold-top Les Paul. And it was dead mint, which means it had uh, all the stickers, it had the price tag. And my wife said, that's the prettiest guitar I ever owned. Another, a guy gave to me at the ministry, was a tobacco sunburst, beautiful guitar. And uh, I went to take the gold top out of the case, and the Lord said, that's not for you. I said, sure it is. He just gave it to me. (laughs) And uh, He said, no, that's for Keith Moore. I said, he's a piano player. I'm arguing with God. (laughs) Well, anyway, I packed it up and and, uh, put it in uh, Keith's car that night. And he called me and he said, you know, I had just asked God for a guitar. I said, well, did you ask him for one that nice? (laughs) He and I are friends. That's all right. But uh, anyway... So it doesn't matter what you have. It matters how you got it. And if the Lord says, give it, you give it. Amen? Praise God. I'm telling you how prosperity works. And it's a test, isn't it, Pastor? That was a test for me. (laughs) But I was glad once I did it, give it to the man of God. Okay. So we're going to continue on. Galatians 6, 6. Let him who receives instruction and the word of God share all good things with his teacher, contributing to his support. Is that in the Bible? Did you all see that? Very important. Now, ask yourself, what can I do for the pastor? Now, you want to get with him about this because I'm sure, as I do, I like doing some things myself, but uh, can you come by and wash his car and just show up, do it, and leave? <laughs> He's got things to do. Uh, uh, mow his lawn. Now, let me share some. I do want to take time with this. This is important. I have a good friend. His name is Tom Waltz. Uh, he got out of college and just bought a push mower. Later, he got a better more, and later, a better one. He started doing my house and Pastor George's for free. Now, uh, I told him, no, let me pay you, but he wouldn't let me. He got a crew after a while, was making more money. And uh, I'll make the long story uh, short. He ended up doing Dallas Cowboys lawns. He ended up doing the main malls in Dallas and Fort Worth and Arlington. And he sold his business. For over two million dollars. Started out with a push more. So when you ask him, you say, Tom, what was what was your business plan? What how did this happen? He'll say, Well, it was God that grew the business. And I sowed into my pastor's life. Now, I tried to pay him many times, but he wouldn't take it. He said, Don't mess up my seed. Uh, so It's important that you look at it like that. Now, I know you're tithers and you're givers, but there's another level. I want money going into every area that can come back to me on every wave. Amen? Okay. we just got a a couple more things to go here. We're almost done. Okay. I'm going to say a couple things here, and this will test where you're at. Turn to your uh, neighbor and say, don't fail this test. All right. I uh, had the privilege of playing uh, at guitar at Fred Price's church. Uh, do you know who he is? Fred Price. Some of you have heard of him. Uh, he is a pastor that started back uh, in the latter 60s when Brother Copeland was starting. And uh, he is at uh, Pepperdine University. He bought that whole thing and uh, walled it up. And it's right there on comp compton right there in la on compton and uh anyway uh his for his birthday his church bought him a rolls royce now he has thousands and thousands all right like i said this can be a test see where you uh, you know where your choking level is uh i got more than that and uh, creflo dollar do you know him I ministered in his uh, church in the early 90s when he only had 17,000 people, and they bought him for his birthday, a Rolls Royce. I know. I know. Some of you have <laughs> Uh But listen to me now. Uh, my pastor, uh, back in Texas, Pastor George Pearson, we sent he and Pastor Terry to Hawaii. When he got back, we had a Mercedes sitting in his driveway. Uh, now, that's, remember, 22 people. Creflo Dollar started with 17. They couldn't get a Rolls Royce with 17 people. He might not even want one of those, you know. But what I'm saying is don't uh, draw back from seeing big. Now, Brother Copeland's birthday, we received an offering with the 3,000 adults for $2 million cash. That's a nice birthday present, isn't it? Everybody take a big breath. <laughs> Now, obviously, I see our size now, where we're at, but as we grow, so should our gifts. Now, I'm telling you this because I love you and want to see you guys blessed. This is a huge way to open the windows of heaven and have the blessings poured out on you. Uh, uh, And I know you're tithers and givers, but... Think about, how can I bless her? How can I bless his wife? You can listen and hear uh, some things that they may be believing for. Praise God. Uh, Kenneth E. Hagen, uh, he had a Jeep that he drove for over 20 years. Anybody know who Dr. Hagen is? All right, Keith Moore and several others got together and bought him a very nice SUV that actually you push a button and it would lower to the ground so he could get in it and then come back up. Just to bless the man of God. Now, I'm saying these things to increase your vision. Tonight we're going to uh, bless pastor. Uh, and uh, would you all stand with me, please? I know I'm not done yet, but I'm going to leave it right there. Hallelujah. It's good to know when to quit, isn't it, pastor? <laughs> Uh, I would like, uh, Mark, if you would come up here, please, and get the granddaughters up here. Oh, yeah, Mark. Everybody wearing suits? I thought I was, no. Yeah, green. Yeah, and bring the granddaughters up here. Cole, would you come up and just put this over to the side, son? Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastors, would you come up here, please? And uh, you stand on this side uh, of the pastor. Pastor, you guys in the middle. And if we could form a line over here of those that would want to give the pastor a gift, and if you didn't bring one, you can just come up and hold the, hug their necks and tell them what they mean to you. Everybody over here, let's form a line right here. Uh, now, Pastor. Pastors, these gifts are for you and your wife, okay, whatever they, they've given. And the reason I cut the time short is so if you have anything you want to say, you can say it privately. Some of you know us are shy. But if you have something to say publicly, turn around and let us know how they blessed you. Praise God. You may start. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. That's good, brother. (laughs)
1: Okay. Good job with the scriptures. I know I jumped around a little bit, but you, you pretty quick with your fingers. important moved here cuz my wife's best friend